2: Hello, how are you doing? Welcome back to Confessions of a 30-something Drama Queen, your weekly podcast where apparently I am just a big crybaby about life. Honestly, I need some positive vibes. Next episode, let's do something fun, okay? I think probably in hindsight. I timed this little home-related series badly, considering it's, like, all go at home right now. Like, I just live and breathe home Renaults, and all of my conversations are Renault-related, but in reality, I hate it. I'm overreacting ever so slightly when I say I hate it, but I hate it. But anyway, I just got back from Ibiza and I think Little Miss won't shut up about her trips to Ibiza. Is going to have to rebrand or retire into being Little Miss. It's cold, isn't it? Because it's cold right now, isn't it? Like, that's all I keep saying to everyone. Like, I left for Ibiza and it was like 21 degrees and now I'm back and I'm wearing like a thousand layers. It is cold, right? Or am I going mad? I don't know. I feel like it's cold. Anyway, on that note, I think I've truly hit peak adulting, you guys. because. I am refusing to put the heating on it's just not happening I won't do it so I'm just cold and wearing like a hundred layers instead I don't get it my whole early adult life I've been very liberal with the heating but for some reason now that I am an adult with actual funds I just refuse to accept that it's this cold in September like I'm just not putting the heating on it's so backwards what is wrong with me None of us needs to open that can of worms on what is wrong with me. Anyway, moving on, the warm weather needs to make a return, preferably if it could be for the last week of September through to the first week of October. I'd really like that because this girl needs to be able to wear a decent birthday outfit without worrying about pneumonia, you know? Who am I kidding? It's gonna rain. It always rains. Sorry, bit of a tangent there. But why does it always rain on my birthday? Like, what is up with that? Like, Dear weather gods, if you can hear me, I'm putting in a two week request in advance. Please don't let it rain on my birthday this year because last year it was like torrential. Anyway, so back to what I was saying, uh, I'm refusing to put the heating on. So I think I've truly hit like peak home ownership now, I guess. Sad times. <laughs> To continue with the theme of peak adulting, we're going to crack on and pick up where we left off with my little two-part series on why buying a home is not all it is cracked up to be. Last episode was mainly about getting to the stage where I own a home and things like homeowner related, but today I thought I'd dive into how things have been since, in short... It is that my expectation was very much that I'd be one of those luxe home account girlies, you know, the ones you see on Instagram, surrounded by panel walls with a utility room and built in walk-in wardrobes. And when I say walk-in wardrobes, I don't mean the kind that I have where I've already managed to break them and they're like falling apart. Not those, you know, nice ones. But in actual fact, my experience has been more crying into my rosé over invoices for work being done that you literally cannot see. Yeah, because that's a thing. That is a thing. No one warns you. But that's the thing. Like the roof sometimes has to go off and be put back on. It looks the same, but you've paid a lot of money for it, you know? Do you know? Is it just me that knows? Anyway. So why are we doing this to ourselves? I hear you ask. And that is a very good question. And I'm inclined to blame my money mindset, which is something that was the last two years of lockdown as a new homeowner have been so anxiety inducing, I'm actually very grateful to have learned about myself. And when I say money mindset, I don't mean like all like woo woo. If you think about money, it will just appear because this just isn't that kind of podcast. Am I one of those girls that says things and then they seem to happen? Yes. But am I a diehard manifestation girly? No, I get it. I like it. Like I like the concept. And like sometimes I think it might be real because I am like Lindsay Lohan, just my luck level lucky on occasion. But yeah, I can't tell if it's a real thing or a bit of a dicky privileged concept. So yeah, you're probably not going to get manifestation vibes from this podcast anytime soon. But anyway, my point being, God tangent, when I say money mindset, I mean like genuine realistic thoughts and attitudes towards money. And if we're gonna break it down, I would say that my money mindset is made up of three kind of core beliefs that have either been drilled into me or I have watched play out throughout my life. One is emergency funds are everything and that is instilled into me by my dad. And it not only has financial, but also career benefits. Uh, Let me know if you want me to deep dive into these at any point, by the way, because I can, but I just don't feel like it's super relevant today. Um, But yeah, number two, uh, which my mum drilled into me is don't just follow the money, which is mostly in relation to happiness and mental health from her part. But it's also helped massively in terms of career strategy and the final money mindset, which plays into why we are putting ourselves through this home renault torture is what i'm going to call lifestyle consistency so this one's actually one that my grandpa taught me and like i said this one's relevant because it helps with the why behind our choice to put ourselves through renault hell so he showed me what happens when you make good investments young and that it's possible to maintain a fairly consistent lifestyle if you just keep things a little bit more low-key I'm not perfect at that by any means, but this is the aim. This is the goal. If I can maintain my current living situation until I'm old and grey, I will be a very, very happy girly. And the ethos behind this mindset is that you don't have to be constantly upgrading your life, getting like bigger, fancier houses. As nice as that would be to do, you don't have to do it. Sometimes I feel like we get so distracted by the lives of people who are like super wealthy and live in like lovely big houses. But I think not having to worry about keeping up with everything you see on Instagram is actually like the biggest luxury. And it's not about having the best life. It's about having a life that feels lovely to you. So, for example, whilst people made fun of me when I bought a tiny bungalow and everyone else was buying huge houses, I take comfort in the fact that if I wanted to give it all up and go back to my old job in a few years, I could afford to do that. And back when I bought my house two years ago, obviously, I didn't know what the economy was going to do um, over the next few years. And at the time when I bought my house, I did feel slightly self-conscious that maybe it wasn't extravagant enough and I should have pushed myself a little bit more. But knowing what I know now, I'm so glad I didn't push myself to keep up with like my friends or people that I watch online. So with that in mind, consistency is very much the goal when it comes to homeowning for us now. A lot of our friends were quick to tell us we should sell both houses and get a big one together. But for me, there's a slight problem there. And that is that if we tie all of our money up in one bigger house and then we need that money, we might need to move to free up that money. And that's not really maintaining the consistency that I am striving for. So it very much goes against money mindset number three but at the same time we can't just stay in one house because we'll literally be living on top of each other and if we for example wanted a family then again we'd need to move and in that case we've got stamp duty, we've got various different fees, we'll probably still end up spending a fortune trying to get a new house to a point where it's all done up too. so that just didn't make sense to us either. So by doing things the way we're doing it, we have an investment property and space to hopefully grow into. So Bob's your uncle, that is why we chose Home Reno Hell. So if you don't know what I mean when I personally say Home Reno Hell, we are currently in the middle of a garage renovation. And this has been interesting. I mean, there's more on my YouTube channel if you want to go and have a look. I just posted a big update. But It has been a real experience. We have bricked up one wall, uh, bricked up a window, knocked a hole in another wall. We tore down a greenhouse. We had to have, like I mentioned earlier, the roof taken off and put back on. It's been a lot. And let me tell you, we literally arrived back from one of our Ibiza trips and turned up to my house and the bricklayers were there. And they were so they were they're they're an amazing team, but they were crazy crazy. There was so much shouting, so much screaming, not to mention just like the regular noises that you get from like the bricklayers being there and like cinder block thingies, like that's what I want to call them. I don't know if that's the right term. Um, Big giant bricks being like sawed up, like sawed? What is that? I don't know. I don't know technical terms. I'm not a builder. It was, I, I can't even explain the experience. I've never experienced anything so loud in my life. And bearing in mind, I did a full garden reno Where my garden was literally like dug up, flipped over, like leveled out, and it was quite extensive, but this was something else. We've had scaffolders in, and that was a lot as well. We've had giant cranes outside the house dropping things off at seven in the morning. My lovely building team, bless them, they turn up anywhere between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. It is crazy. So it's definitely been an experience, and I don't think unless you live in a renovation site you really understand until you've done it because when people would say to me like I would talk about doing a loft conversion and they'd be like oh well you can't live in your house while that's going on and I was thinking well yeah of course I can they'll just do all the work above and then they'll knock a hole in the ceiling and it's all fine and after doing this garage renovation like that's not even inside the house and I'm like get me out of here I will move out when this loft conversion takes place. It's really one of those situations where you have to do it before you truly understand. But yeah, it's a lot. But it will be over soon. And most importantly, it's allowing us to be able to live and work in the same house together without killing each other, which feeds into like a very uh, important belief, which I will get onto in a second, which is relationship harmony. And when this podcast goes live, we will either be just starting or in full swing of a little like a bedroom spruce, which was meant to be a full uh, like room makeover, like a full changing rooms kind of situation. However, I've decided to do it in phases, which is one of my top tips for home renoing, home improvements, that kind of thing. And I'll dive in a little bit more in a second, but it's to do things in phases. So we'll hopefully be getting into phase one of our little bedroom spruce, and that involves like some lovely built-in walk-in wardrobes, which I'm so excited to do. I'm so nervous and i'll get on to why later on in the pod but i'm so excited to do that and then hopefully at some point we will also be starting like i said on a loft conversion and what i plan to do is combine my office and wardrobe room together because they're currently two separate rooms so i will basically work in my closet and then we'll have two rooms spare so we can actually have some guests and eventually maybe small humans but let's not get too ahead of ourselves there but with that in mind, one of the reasons it would be good to do this sooner rather than later is because of the potential of small humans. Like, imagine me trying to parent with small humans and do a home reno. It's a no from me, dude. Like, I literally get stressed just filing my emails. I don't know how I'm expected to do both. So yeah, it's a lot, but I can't complain too much. It's all going to be so worth it in the long run. And ultimately, it's taught me a lot. Which on that note, leads me to... drum roll, please. My home reno lessons. I need to like be able to put on like a good uh, like TV show voice. Like the are you ready to rumble guy. Is that gladiators? I don't even know. My My home reno lessons. I can't do it. Uh, No. Why did I pick a project that involves just audio when I literally have zero control over my voice? Like it's actually just it's just really shameful. Anyway, lesson number one we should have a little money sound. Oh my god, that would be so cute. Lesson number one, saving money can cost you money. I actually have a long list of examples to this in relation to homeowning, um, but we don't have all day. One we actually talked about in the last episode, which was my mortgage renewal story. And oh my god, this I get I, I swear I have some kind of weird PTSD from it. This was the one time I actually went against one of my three key pillars of spending. And That sounds weird. I've never actually talked about this before, but I have three key pillars of spending and they factor in heavily into almost every purchase. So I'll run you through those quick. So you have number one, relationship harmony. If something makes mine and Ryan's relationship easier, I will spend money on it. Like I will throw money at the problem. That sounds bad, but I just will. So one example of this being, I, like I said, I'm currently having some lovely wardrobes fitted in the bedroom for when Ryan moves in. And that is so that we have more than enough storage space between us and we don't squabble over space. It also means he feels valued and like there is space for him because he's obviously moving into a home that was predominantly mine. Um, and I would want the same if the tables were turned. Tables were turned? If the shoe was on the other foot? I don't know. And you might ask why I don't just make space in my current wardrobe. But one, those wardrobes are falling apart. Two, <laughs> I'm just really selling my house, aren't I? Um, to be fair, if you buy the house you won't get the wardrobes with them, I promise. Two, clothes are a huge part of my job and I'm not asking Ryan to condense any of his music stuff down in order to move in with me. So we have to be respectful of each other's work equipment. Um, some people are really not going to like that I just called clothes work equipment, but there we go. This is my podcast and I just, I'm going to, if I have shit to say, I'm going to say it. Um, What was point number three? Oh yeah, I moved into a house that has half a cupboard For storage like there's this cupboard in the hallway and it's about 10 centimeters deep like a mop fits in there and an ironing board and not really a lot else so that is the total storage in our house and actually a lot of the home reno involves not only obviously doing the home reno but finding extra ways to kind of like build in more storage into the house because there was just nothing So yeah, the lovely wardrobes are an investment not only to the house, but also our relationship harmony because Ryan has space for his stuff. It also builds more space for me too, which is great. But also, most importantly, he feels valued and I really appreciate him moving into my house. And yeah, that is why I've done that. But anyway, the second key pillar of spending is time saving. If something helps me get something done quicker, again, I will throw all the money at it. So when I was buying a house, for example, it was a high priority for me to invest in a property that is nearer to things, has better transport, better facilities, all of that stuff. I'll spend more on appliances that are faster or team members who help me to get more done in a day. In my eyes, more free time is more hours that I can either put back into working and earning more money or if I choose, I can use that time to spend with my loved ones because this is the thing. Our time is not a renewable source. You literally can't make more of it. So I value that above all else. And then finally, key pillar of spending number three is long term benefits. So I will place a high value on anything that will benefit me over a long period of time. And a real basic bitch example is that I bought a Smeg coffee machine. I paid more for it because it was cute. So I knew I'd always have it out and I hate having things out, but I knew I'd always have it out. And I wouldn't ever get those pangs of like wanting to upgrade because I this is the thing. I knew I wanted a Smeg one and I was like, just get the one you want because otherwise I'd get a temporary one and then I just want to upgrade it. So I've got this cute one. It will literally go in any kitchen that I own. So if we ever move, I know it will go. If we ever like change the kitchen, I just know it will go. It's a very me aesthetic coffee machine. And I know that's so basic, but bear with me here. Um, So for me, it was like a one time purchase. Like I knew I was only buying like dream coffee machine and I knew I'd use it every single day. And I worked out that it would save me £3.50 a day. So in just over four months, I think I would have paid the coffee machine back in my savings. And then over the course of the year, I'd literally be making profit on not going to the local coffee shop every day. I think that was my maths anyway. It could be really wrong, but it worked out in my head. It worked out a good deal. £3.50 a day is a lot and it racks up really quickly and now that money can go towards something else so that's a really basic example of a benefit over time but I will happily if something works out better over a longer period of time I will happily pay more in the long run where possible and essentially though it is painful that is what the home reno is doing for us as well. So those are my three main pillars of spending. And we obviously also have a couple of other pillars. Uh, They are called Because It's Fun and Fuck It, uh, which I could be a grown up and just label that last one personal enjoyment. But I like to fuck it better. But anyway, back to my point. So the mortgage renewal fiasco whilst playing into pillar number three slightly and only very slightly. Uh, It went against pillar number two which is time and it was a huge regret for me because ultimately it did waste so much of my time and impacted my own personal happiness for really quite a while because it ran on for a very long period of time and it really reinforced to me that sometimes when it's such a small margin which in the end didn't even work out being a good margin it actually cost me more money Um, so sometimes if it's a small margin it's better to choose time if you have to choose one personally I would choose time because like I said, it's something that is literally non-refundable. Also, by the way, just got to disclose because I don't think I remembered to do this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm also not a financial advisor or a home advisor or any kind of advisor. Please speak to professionals. Don't actually take any of my advice or learnings as like Bible. Anyway, back to saving money can cost you money. I take this perspective on my home purchases too. So you buy cheap, you buy twice this is a really old wives' phrase, which I don't know if it's 100% true. Like I don't agree with it all of the time. It feels a bit weird to say. But more often than not, we tend to wait and hold out for what we really want in terms of like home stuff, home renos, home furniture, any of that kind of thing, in the hopes that we only really buy it once. And that is why you will see random gaps in areas of my house where most people would have put something useful by now. But for me, I'd rather save and have my dream item than something else just for the sake of it. But I get why people don't do that, because it's annoying, especially if it's a piece of furniture that works as like storage and it's like would be good to have, useful to have, you need to have, you know, sometimes you just need the storage. Um, but I don't like to be wasteful. And less waste means less tip runs. And I will never be sad about that. So yeah, in a lot of cases, I'm happy to suffer a slight inconvenience as long as it doesn't like impact any of my main pillars of spending. But we've also learned the hard way that saving money can cost you money when it comes to home renovation work as well. Sometimes, again, not all the time because you know I love my tradesmen, I literally come from a family of different trades but sometimes they give you mates rates or a discount and you can guarantee that the job is going to take longer to finish. (laughs) Not every time, I know, I know there'll always be someone in my DMs like giving me this one time that something went amazingly but in my experience that is what has happened over and over again. And I guess that's because like we're not the priority because we're not paying the full amount. So they'll just like maybe fit you in when they're available. I don't really know. Maybe we've just been really unlucky. Like our current builder is extortionate, like great, but extortionate. But we are really getting what we pay for in terms of service. Like I said, they literally turn up sometimes if a job's got to get done. They'll turn up at six in the morning and I'm like, what are you doing? Please go home. I just want sleep. Not that they're noisy at six in the morning. I have to disclose that because people are going to think I'm crazy for letting them do that. But yeah, I know if someone's in my garden, trust me. So yeah, sometimes in saving money, it takes us a little bit longer and costs us a little bit more in terms of like not being able to work from our home or like other like life inconveniences. But sometimes it costs you more because some people's rates are low for a reason. And we have found that out the hard way too, if you know what I mean. So yeah, those are just a few examples on why trying to save money sometimes ends up costing you more. Like sometimes we wish we'd just paid the full amount in the first place because it would have actually cost less. Um, Maybe just a real run of bad luck, but it's just something we've learned. And when we've done the opposite, it's definitely paid off. But anyway, let's move on to home reno lesson number two. And my note literally just says, renovations versus Birkins, like all capitals, You could tell I was having a moment when I wrote this, but they are mad expensive. Like, the total cost of a loft conversion can rival the price of one of Kylie Jenner's rare Birkins. I definitely want to call this episode that. Shall I call it that? Even though I'm absolutely not buying Birkins anytime soon, or most likely ever. But anyway... I actually don't know what works out as a better investment at this point renovations or Birkins. Got no idea. But what I do know is you could buy a lot of like standard Birkins for the price of a loft conversion. But anyway, my point being whilst both are just obviously mad expensive, I actually am shocked by how expensive home renovations can be. Uh, the cost of materials has shot up in the UK. So, It's actually worse now than ever before so if you've already done like a loft conversion like five years ago and you're thinking what the hell is she talking about just know it's not the same like in the past two years everything has shot up everything now costs double and it's gotten to the point where ground floor like extensions and loft conversions are really not far off in terms of price which is mad because they used to be like i would say wildly different so yeah, home renos are now making the cost of your like run of the mill designer bags look good, which is not healthy for my brain. Like that's not okay. Like it's not okay that I'm thinking things like that. And I'm looking at Birkins thinking, well, that's fine. No, it's not. It's just the cost of a loft conversion is also not fine. But you can't live in your Birkin, can you? So
0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: Loft conversion is always going to win out. But yeah, on that point, sometimes people say to me when I moan about the cost of renovations, they're like, "We'll just stop buying designer bags and you'll get there a bit quicker. And I'm thinking... My designer bag costs would take years to match the cost of a loft conversion from start to finish. Like, leave my bags alone, they've got nothing to do with this. This sounds like a moan. It's not a moan, but I just need to be a crybaby about how expensive anything structural is to your house because it's a different league of money Like if you think cosmetic interior work is expensive, like walls and floors and, you know, all of that stuff, you wait until you move on to changing the structure. And on that note, I advise making sure you're sitting down before you read your quotes. Maybe have a wine. That's what I like to do. And I know it's not just me that feels this way. One of my friends who's saving for a house actually said the other day about how much of a different league purchasing a property or doing anything house related is in terms of finance and how she has to regularly weigh up actually being able to just enjoy her life on a daily basis and have fun in the present versus saving every penny for a house that she won't own for at least like three to five years and I think there 100% needs to be a balance between the two otherwise it's just not great for your mental health but anyway that's my take on it because I'd rather take a lot longer doing up my house and just be able to Enjoy my life in the meantime and just not be like feeling a bit miserable because I'm not allowing myself to spend any money is difficult. But I think as with a lot of things in life, it all comes down to balance because we just don't know what's going to happen in the future. Lesson number three is that these home renos, they will test even the most together couples like find me a couple that hasn't argued at all over their home reno. Oh, wait, you can't because they don't exist. Like they just don't exist. Like, Ryan and I never argue, but this has tested us and really stressed us out at certain points. Like, it can be a lot. I remember at one point in the early stages, we had to actually get ourselves hyped up and in a good mood to chat about house stuff because it felt so overwhelming at times. But I think if we can get through this and we can get through a lockdown, we can get through anything. So I'm grateful for him. Lesson number four is that it's not as fun as the influencers make it look. And I'm probably going to end up shading myself in there too, but it is not as fun as Instagram makes it look. There will always be an extra snag that you didn't foresee, something that costs more, something that takes longer. Your builder might tell you that they're starting in less than a week and you have seven days to clear a ton of crap out of your garage. Yeah, that might happen. Not that I'm speaking from personal experience or anything. Also, just remember that most influencers you see are doing cosmetic work. So Don't beat yourself up if your reality isn't matching your expectations, because we have been wildly missold. Instagram is a highlight reel and all of that. Number five is that whole room transformations are risky. And this comes back to what I was saying earlier. I touched on the fact that I was very nervous about doing our little bedroom changes and how I'm doing it in phases. And that is my top recommendation to avoid um, kind of like messing up a room transformation is actually just don't do one or just don't don't do it quickly is what I'm saying. So for example, I could have asked my builder to just fully like do a whole changing rooms situation like DIY SOS and I like come home and he like reveals the room to me. But I actually backed out of doing that because I got so scared that I would give him my like ideal Pinterest image and that it just wouldn't work for the room. So we're doing it in phases and just kind of adding bits step by step. So eventually we will get there, but maybe we won't. Maybe something will decide something doesn't work. But yeah, I'm doing it in phases to avoid there being like a big mistake that's really annoying to backtrack from. I don't know, maybe I should be braver, but I just get so much anxiety over someone else bringing my vision to life and especially all in one go. It is risky. So like what happens if you try and like copy and paste an aesthetic off of Pinterest and it just doesn't work out? Like there must be some TikToks out there that like Pinterest like room DIYs where it's like the expectations versus the reality it's a lot like even with the wardrobes that we're doing right now they're not the craziest wardrobes in the world but I've given my builder the inspo and I'm just shaking like I'm just like please do not make them look dead please do not make them look dead I think it's hard when you're like quite aesthetically minded like I almost just want to do it myself I think the other word for that would be control freak. But anyway, moving on. Lesson number six. I am not an interiors girly. Now, this is not just like a home reno lesson. This is something that I obviously learn about myself. Taking my previous points into consideration, I think my biggest learning is pretty obvious here. I am not an Instagram interiors girly at heart and I really thought that I would be. I thought that this was going to be my jam and I would truly love it. But honestly... After two years, I just want a nice space to binge Gilmore Girls in. I don't want to be doing changing rooms 24-7. I don't want to be constantly buying new things. I'm over it. I don't think I should admit things like this online, but you know me. If it's better left unsaid, I'll say it. Uh, let's swiftly move on before I end my career, shall we? No Homebrand is ever going to want to work with me again after saying that, but moving on. So my seventh and final lesson is that furniture costs an insane amount. And even better than that, it will take like 365,000 years to arrive. Like the wait times for some items are just mad. Like you look at made.com, like honestly, sometimes if, if you don't believe me, if you're bored, just go look at made.com and have a look at some of those lead times because they are insane. Like I love made.com and some of their things really are worth the wait, but those wait times are just They are something else. And then you've got West Elm, like West Elm, why are you so spenny? What are you doing, honey? Why does that cost that much? Like sometimes I look at other websites and there's really similar things and they do not cost that much. It's a lot and I love their stuff and it makes me really sad that it costs that much. I just don't understand why things have to be that expensive. Like, no, that's that's a lie. I, I do understand. I understand that there's not that many home brands And lots of these places just kind of have the monopoly and they can charge whatever they want because there's no one to compete with them. But seriously, the price of furniture is slightly sickening. But on that note, my favorite home brands for affordability, other than IKEA, because obviously I love IKEA because I'm a basic bitch. Like I've had the Hermes drawer, I've got the Malm drawers. God, what else do I have? I've got so many baskets from them. If you look through my house, I probably look a bit unhinged. I've got so my sofa my white sofa which was a terrible idea but it's actually a very good sofa apart from the stupid covers that I chose I've got a lot from them I also really like Dunelm for certain bits like I have a great coffee table from them it is amazing really great quality however bit hit and miss I also actually have a what is it called what do you put your like a clothes bin like a wash but a wash basket that's what it is I have a wash basket from them I have literally had I think for about the same amount of time that I've been on YouTube, I absolutely love it. I don't know if I'll ever get rid of it. It's great. I've never seen anything like it since. It's absolutely beautiful. Can't fault Dun for some things. Like some things are dead, but some things are really great. And then also Wayfair. Oh my God. I love Wayfair. Wayfair. It is my hero. Whenever I'm a bit stuck trying to find something, I go to Wayfair. So I have my bathroom mirror, which is from Wayfair. By the way, if you want to follow at Bernardi at home, that's my home account. Um, after saying that I'm not an Instagram interiors girly, I have a home account. Uh, I think my last post was about a year ago, but you can go and follow it because hopefully there'll be some new stuff soon. I literally haven't done anything interiors related in the longest time, but... Maybe I'll come back to it. Just have to eat my words after everything I've just said in this podcast, but maybe I'll come back to it. So yeah, I have the mirror, which is incredible. It had to be wired into my electrical circuit, but still absolutely love it. Worth all of the aggro that my dad went through, because obviously I did not do that myself. I have my kitchen lights, which are just the dream. Love them. The quality is so good and they were so affordable too. My living room lights, like they're really good for lighting. My bedroom light, which I don't recommend. Uh, It's a giant ass chandelier and it was a terrible idea, but it is beautiful. It was a pain to put up, but it's beautiful. I have my footstool in my walk-in wardrobe. Honestly, just love Wayfair for all kinds of things. Would highly, highly recommend. And also Amazon for some like random bits, especially like walk-in wardrobe. like home related bits would highly recommend i've got a really nice like black matte clothes horse from them and just some like display things for like bags headbands jewelry that kind of stuff it's really great for those kinds of bits so yeah those are some of the places that you can find some good quality gems that like don't break the bank and this is not sponsored in any way but just love all of those brands i also obviously love zara next um there's so many brands that I really, really love, but that are a little bit more expensive. But if you're looking for good quality without being extortionate, I definitely have a look on those websites. So that's my two cents on owning a home. I know it's not always the most positive, And I do think that that mostly comes down to the unfortunate timing of my owning a home. I think if we were doing this in a different financial climate that felt maybe a bit more healthy or, you know, just had unlimited funds... This probably wouldn't feel as overwhelming or as scary as it sometimes does. But ultimately, they're great problems to have. Ryan and I are so, so lucky. So um, yeah, whilst owning a home is very overwhelming, I'm very grateful to be in the position that I'm in. And even if no one warned me that it's a total money pit, it's still one of the best purchases of my life. And I really do love my home. And I can't wait to love it even more once it's all spruced up and the builders have gone. Uh, imagine the walking wardrobe and the office of dreams like it's going to be my heaven in a room. I can't wait. It's a long, long way off, but we will get there. And there really is no better feeling than making a home for yourself, especially for us, so that we can finally live together. Like, I can't wait to live with Ryan. And just for us not to have to cart, like, food back and forth from each other's fridges. And it's just a lot, like, wondering where your clothes are and it turns out they're in a whole different home. Again great problems to have so privileged so blessed to have the things that we have to worry about but we can't wait to live together it's going to be amazing and it's going to look amazing hopefully once it's all done but it's a real process and I was just not expecting this so yeah it's a lot but it's going to be great. But anyway, I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell me what episode you want next. Just head on over to the at TSDQ podcast Instagram page and send me a little DM. Pop your requests in there. But until then, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Give me a little rating because I hear that really helps. Tag me on Instagram at TSDQ podcast if you share it. I would absolutely love to see that. And you can also follow at TSDQ podcast on Pinterest, Twitter or wherever you like to get your updates and I will speak to you guys again next week. Love you, bye.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,